a privilege to be with you this morning, and uh, just want to encourage you. You guys have been a, a great blessing to me and to our church, even if you don't know it. Um, Chris has been very uh, involved, uh, especially early on in the life of our church, being part of our temporary session until we uh, got our own elders. And you guys have supported us, supported me. Uh, recently had the opportunity to go to India, and uh, you, you guys uh, helped pave the way for that, so I appreciate it. And uh, I know that you've been... Uh, doing the, the temporary church thing for a long time, and some of that settled down now that you're in this, this building, but I know you still got some movement uh, that you have to do, some, some putting things away and setting things up, and I just want to encourage you, I, uh, I think about you guys as I encourage my own church as we're doing the, the set up and tear down thing every week in a school, and I remind them that there are other churches that have been around twice as long as we have, I'm always thinking of you guys, that are still doing it, and so uh, they need to just toughen up. Um, <laughs> so I, I do appreciate, and, and, and I, I say that jokingly, but also, uh, it really is an encouragement to, to me and to our church to see the steadfastness and the faithfulness uh, that you guys have had over eight years and encourages us to continue uh, doing that labor, uh, and we've only been doing it for half the time now. Uh, your worship guide says Acts 2, but I... I uh, want you to actually turn in your copy of God's Word to Matthew 28. In Acts 2, we see the church uh, working out what Christ has commanded in Matthew 28. And for the sake of time, I decided, you know what, it would be better to go straight to the source. So we're actually going to look at Matthew 28. This is the Great Commission, probably a, a very familiar passage to many of you, uh, looking at verses 16 through 20. And I'm not sure what your normal pattern is, but in the Bible, whenever the people of God come together and they read the Scripture together... It is the pattern for everybody to stand. And so following that pattern, would you please stand as we look at the word of God together? And I'll remind you that this is his word is inspired. It is inerrant. And it is the means through which he has ordained to work in our life. And so we read it with a reverence, but we also read it with an expectation that God's going to work in our midst this morning. So Matthew 28, starting in verse 16. Now, the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's pray and ask the Lord to bless our time. Lord God, this is your word. And you have ordained to work through it through frail uh, people like ourselves. And we pray that you would work this morning by your spirit and by the power of your word. Come give us a great vision for what you are doing in our nation, in our area, in the nations around the world. Give us a heart for this church and for church planning and for Christ and his kingdom. And it is in his name we pray. Amen. May be seated. I want to encourage you. That we are in the midst of a great era of church planting. And you, Cross Creek, are a part of that. We are a part of that. We are seeing churches planted all across our country and all around the world. And I think at some point, just like we look back at the 1800s and we say that was a great era of missions, uh, people are going to look back at this time and say God was moving and it was, there was great church planting movements that were happening that had long-term effects. And 
this church planting movement that is happening around the world is happening everywhere, and it's happening at an unprecedented rate. We are seeing networks developed, and, and even within our denomination, churches uh, starting all across the nation. And we see this happening not just here in America, but all around the world. I was blessed to go to India a few months ago, and again, thank you for your support for that. And what we are doing there is we're not just planting a church, we are planting a whole denomination, and they want to pattern themselves after the PCA. Uh, we'll try to, to, to make it a little bit easier for them, clean up some of the bureaucracy, but they're trying to pattern themselves after us, which is encouraging. And in the last five years, uh, nearly 50 different churches have been established just within one city in India. And in India, 30,000 people a day are coming to Christ. It is amazing what God is doing, and that's just in one place. Or I could tell you about Clarkston, Georgia, just east of Atlanta. We work with, uh, with a Burmese refugee there who has started eight churches and uh, it's just remarkable what God is doing there in that community and what he's doing here. Uh, I think the within our church planning network, we started, and Chris knows these numbers, I think 10 churches in the last 10 years. Uh, and we have several more that are spinning up right now. And so it is amazing what God is doing. And we ought to be encouraged that the kingdom is growing. No matter what you see on the news, no matter how defeated you may feel as a Christian in this nation, the kingdom of God is moving. Churches are growing. And churches are being planted at an unprecedented rate. And what we see here in Matthew 28 is the purpose for church planting. Okay, The reason that we plant churches is not just to spread our brand. It's not because we believe that we have a superior theology and a superior style of worship, and we want that to be uh, in other places. I mean, we, yes, we, we do like what we do, but that's not the reason that we plant churches. The reason that we plant churches, the reason that this church exists, the reason that my church exists, is for the purpose that Christ has given right here, and that is to make disciples of Jesus Christ. That is the goal, the mission, that is the end game. The reason that we plant churches is because Christ has told us to go and make disciples. He has said, this is your mission. And that becomes the mission of every church, everywhere. And the mission of church planning in general is to see more and more people become disciples of Christ. And so as we think about that as the goal... Uh, and we explore this passage, I want to ask three questions. All right. Number one, where do we plant churches? Number two, why do we plant churches? And three, what is the power for planting churches? And as we look at that, my, my goal for you is that we would see how the church fits into Christ's uh, great commission. But also my goal is that I hope that you walk away with two things. I hope that you walk away being more committed to this church and the purpose of this church, but also more committed to the whole idea in general of church planting. And so Chris told me we don't have a lot of time, so I'm going to get straight to it. Where do we plant churches? And the answer is everywhere. Okay, where do we plant churches everywhere? Look at what Jesus says in verse 19. He says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Okay, go. Now, you often hear that with a missionary emphasis. The idea is leave where you are, go somewhere else. Maybe I don't know what that means, maybe at least 200 miles away, but go somewhere else and and do missions. And, And certainly there are some people who are called to leave where they are, go to a new place, a new nation, 
or something and, and, and do mission work there. But this idea is not just international. It doesn't mean just go somewhere foreign to you. The idea is to go as you go, wherever you are in every aspect of your life, you are to make disciples of Christ. And so that means for us personally, whatever we're doing, whether we are eating, whether we are working and, and at home, whether we're a family, whether we're shopping, whether we're interacting with people online, whatever it is that we are doing, we are called to go and make disciples. And what that means for church planting is that we are to go and we are to seek the entire community, everyone around us, whosoever will come, we are to seek to be disciples of Christ. Now he says, go and make disciples of who? Of all nations. All right. Of all nations. Now, what he means there is when we think about that on a global sense, all nations is every ethnicity, every type of person, every tribe, tongue, language, culture. It's that that vision that we see in Revelation 5 of the redeemed around the throne of heaven. And, And who do we see there praising Christ and saying, worthy is the Lamb. It says that it is every tribe, language, people, and nation. And Jesus is saying, they all belong to me. Go make disciples of all. All of them. And that's what he means on a global scale. But let's bring that down to a local level. What does that mean for us on a local level? What does that mean for us with church planning? It means that we are to make disciples of every type of person. It means that the church of Jesus Christ does not exist for simply one demographic or one type of person. Okay? If we look just at the, the Birmingham metro area, we have a ton of different types of people. And we can think about that in a lot of different ways, right? We have black, we have white, we have Hispanic, we have Asian, we have many other ethnicities. Uh, Chris was telling me earlier that uh, here uh, in this building, uh, just through basketball connections, there was somebody from a Muslim background, somebody from a Hindu background. But it's not just ethnic diversity we have in our area. We have working class, we have middle class, we have upper class, we have laborers, we have management, we have business owners, we have well-educated and we have undereducated. We have men and we have women, we have young and old, families and singles, uh, divorced and widowed. We have all kinds of people. We have people from a religious background. We have people from a secular background. We have people that are running away from their religious background. Okay, and that is the all nations of our area. He is saying, go make disciples of every type of person. And so who do we plant churches for? Where do we plant churches everywhere? We plant churches for everyone. We go after the all nations of this entire area, every type of person, everyone within our reach, everyone that we live with and work with and hang out with and come across at Walmart, all of them, we seek to be disciples of Christ and therefore we plant churches that will reach every type of person in this community. That means that we are not content to only reach one type of person. We don't just plant churches for the well-educated middle to upper middle class. Now, that's a, that's a demographic that the PCA has always been very good at, okay? Praise God, that, that, that's, a, that's, that's an affinity that we have, but we don't plant churches just for them. Nor do we just plant churches for the poor or for the minority. Christ calls us to plant churches for all types of people everywhere because the church is much bigger than just one demographic. 
the rich and the poor, the, the black and the white, the Hispanic and the Asian, the educated, the undereducated, the young and the old, the single and the family, they all need Jesus. And so our desire is to see gospel-proclaiming, disciple-making churches that are reaching the people in every part of our town, every part of our metro area, every part of the state, every part of the nation, every part of the world, because Christ is worthy of this entire community. He is worthy of the worship of every type of person in the city. And he is worthy of the worship of every pocket and facet of this city, of this community, of the state, and of this world. Christ is worthy of the worship of every type of people. And so we want to plant churches that will effectively reach every type of people. Now, of course... At any given church, there's going to be some people that have a more natural affinity. There's going to be a certain type of person that's drawn and connected to this church that may be not drawn and connected to another church. And likewise, there's going to be some people that don't feel quite as connected to this church. And so what do we do there? We want to see churches that will effectively reach those whom this church will not effectively reach. And this church exists because you're able to reach effectively People that other churches weren't able to reach effectively. There's a reason that you're here and not somewhere else, right? And so we want more churches, not less. We want more centers of gospel proclamation, not less. We want more people reached, not less. We want to see every type of person everywhere reach for the gospel. And this means that we need more churches, not less. So where do we plant churches? Everywhere. Why do we plant churches? We see three reasons given by Christ here. In verse 19, he says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right? Christ calls us to establish churches that are practicing baptism. Baptism is a lot of things. I don't want to get lost in the weeds on the theology of baptism. But at its core, baptism is identity. It is a mark of identity with Christ and with his church. And so when Christ is calling us to go establish churches that are baptizing people, what that means is he he calls us to plant churches that are, are bringing people into the kingdom of God, into the community of the church. Right? It is people that are once not identified with Christ in his church, and now they are identified with Christ in his church. And that means that one reason that we plant churches is we want to see more places where the gospel is clearly preached and lived out with the goal that we see more people converted to Christ and identifying with him and with his church. Now, the statistics on this are very consistent. New churches more effectively reach unconverted people than older established churches. And so one reason that we plant churches is because we want to see the lost come to Christ. We want to see people baptized. We want to see homes and families transformed and identified with Christ and his church when they weren't before. When we first started... Our very first Sunday, a lady came into uh, the worship service I had never seen before, and she just sat in the back the whole time and cried. And that, that made me really uncomfortable. I didn't know what to do with that. And then she came the next week, and it was the same thing. She just cried. And then the third week, she did the same thing, and she just cried. And, and afterwards, we talked, and she said, I want to talk to you about baptism. I said, I would love to talk to you about that, <laughs> if you can stop crying. And, and, and we talk, and, 
she was raised in the church. She departed. She got hooked on meth. She lost her family. She got put in jail. One of our launch team members uh, does, does ministry in the Shelby County Prison. They met her there. She got out. She came to us. She was one week on parole. And the Lord converted her, changed her. Her life has changed. She was, she was our first baptism and our first church member. That's why we exist. That's why we were planted. It's to see people come to Christ. The second reason he gives, look in verse 20, he says, after baptism, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. The church has been given the unique task and the divine privilege of teaching what Christ has commanded. All right. So one of the reasons that we plant churches is we want to see more places where the truth of God is taught. When we plant churches, we aren't starting social clubs. We're not starting political action committees. We are starting centers of gospel proclamation. Right? The church has the task of being the, the proclaimers of divine, inspired, revealed truth. And if we don't do it, no one else will. It is not the task of any other organization in this world to declare the gospel. It's the task of the church. And so we plant churches because we want to see more and more centers of truth, of gospel proclamation. Because there is nowhere else that anyone can go and hear the truth of who God is, who we are, and what Christ has done on a consistent and accountable way. The church is the means through which God brings the hope of the gospel and the hope of Christ into this world. That doesn't come through education. It doesn't come through government. It doesn't come through money or economic stimulus. All those things are good and they have their place in God's economy. But the way that God brings his redemptive work into this world is through the church. And so we plant churches teaching God's truth. And thirdly, he says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And so the focus of the teaching is life transformation that is marked by following the commands of Christ. So we want to plant more and more churches because we want more and more people to come to Christ. And we want those people to learn more and more about who he is so that their life is transformed and they fully follow him. I can tell you about a young man named Caleb. Caleb is a college student. He got mixed up in drugs and and drinking and sleeping around. And the Lord came to him. The Lord converted him, changed him. I've never personally seen such radical transformation. This guy, he texts me all the time about how he's going and evangelizing his friends and he's having these these gospel encounters and and conversations and and how he's giving his life over to missions. He's going to to Africa for two months this summer and he's he's looking to, to maybe go into ministry. He's exploring that. And all this is happening because God has come into his life. The gospel has changed him and he's being transformed and he is following the commandments of Christ. Radical transformation. That's what we want to see. That's why we plant churches is to see people's lives changed as they're converted and they follow in in fuller discipleship following Christ. And lastly, and I'll try to make this fast, what is the power of church planning? Christ promises us two sources of power for church planning. And those two sources are his power and his presence. He actually bookends this this great commission with these two promises. He says in verse 18, 
Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All right. Christ has all authority. And so we can confidently plant churches in all parts of the city and the state and of the world. We can go and make disciples of all nations. Why? Because all nations belong to Christ. He has all authority. Every square inch of this world belongs to him. And therefore, every square inch of this world is a viable church planting location because it all belongs to Jesus. It doesn't belong to us. I pray that my church, I pray for you, that we never become territorial. When if another church comes in, we say, oh, you know, I I, I hope they don't uh, affect what we're doing. No. We praise God for more and more true churches that are proclaiming the gospel. Because every square inch of this world belongs to Christ. The nations belong to Christ. And we desire to see Every type of person in this community and every type of person around the world come to Christ. And so we go out in his power. Now, that means something to us personally. That means that as you try to, in your own life, disciple others or parents, as you try to disciple your children, it may feel helpless. It may feel powerless. But Christ is saying, all the authority has been given to me. And so when you are trying to disciple your children, I want you to be encouraged, believer. You have the unending, unstoppable power of the resurrected Christ who is working through you to disciple your children, to disciple people in this church, and to disciple people in this community. And in the same way, as we seek to multiply churches and to plant more churches, we are going forth in the power of Christ. It is His power, not the persuasiveness of the preacher, thank God, But the power of Christ preached, that is the power for church planning. And secondly and lastly, the power for church planning, the power for this church, the power for the church that's going to meet in here following us, is not just his power, but it's also his presence. He says in verse 20, uh, at the end of it, behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Here's what I want you to see. Christ is with his church. He has united himself to us eternally. And Christ loves his church. If you want to see the glory of Christ displayed in this world, where you go to see that glory is the church. Revelation 1, the Apostle John sees the vision of Christ and he describes in in this vivid detail all of his glory representing his character. And do you know where he was? He says, I saw him among the lampstands. You know what the lampstands were? The churches. The glory of Christ, the presence of Christ is displayed in the church. And so we want to plant more churches Because it is in the church that the glory of Christ is most evidently and visibly displayed and his presence is most uh, evidently and visibly felt among us. So where do we plant? Everywhere. Why do we plant? Because we want more and more people to come and know Christ and, and to follow him and to see their life transformed. And what is the power we do it? It is not our power. It's his power and the promise of his presence. Let's pray together. Lord God, this, was, this is so much in a short period of time. And yet we, we, we are trusting in your power to work. And so we pray 
that for this church, they would be given a, a big view of the glory of Christ and that they would be equipped and encouraged to continue on in their mission, but also in the support of planting churches here in this region, in this state, and supporting the work of missionaries and church planters around the world. We pray that you would continue to encourage that and to work among this church and to show your power and your glory and your presence to them. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.